Welcome to Clock Out, the Vicarious Life Podcast. This is for the mavericks of the world who are embracing freedom and discovering purpose. Need a surge of inspiration? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Tracy Miller, a free-spirited, joy-seeking entrepreneur who is on a mission to find like-minded, open-hearted freebirds to share their stories of triumph, struggle, and inspiration. Until you're ready for your own adventure, let's clock out and live vicariously through others who have blazed the trail. Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Clock Out the Vicarious Life. Today, as always, I'm super excited, but today I'm super duper excited because we have Kathy Zablowski with us, and she has been a jack of all trades. Currently, though, she's an animal communicator and has been for 11 years. She is coming to us all the way from Scotland to tell us about her diverse and exciting 68 years on this earth. Kathy, welcome. Thank you for having me. Oh, you you know what? I get to sit and listen to your beautiful accent. So my pleasure. <laughs> and I get to listen to yours. So that's good. <laughs> and we also have the one and only Jackie Asel joining us today as well, because of course, we're talking about animals today. So she's, you know, going to grace us with her presence. Say hello. Hello, everybody. All right. Um, and we also have a fourth guest today. We've got Hudson, my little baby beagle that's joining us because, you know, may, I don't know, maybe maybe they're having a, com- a conversation of their own right now. Uh, maybe she'll share us a little bit with that. Uh, and let's just get on into it, Kathy. Tell me what an animal communicator does. Well, um, I tend to describe it as being a lot like mediumship, that we have the same sort of telepathic communication as mediums have with people who've passed over. But the difference with an animal communicator is we speak with animals who are here as well as animals who've passed over, because unlike us, animals are very open to to being communicated with in this way. Whereas us human beings, if we're even if we're telepathic at birth, we kind of get it knocked out of us quite early. You know, the imaginary friend who's actually a spirit the child is seeing and the humans, the adults are saying, no, no, don't be stupid. People think you're crazy. Don't tell anybody that stuff. So we tend to get it all knocked out of us. But some of us, luckily, (laughs) at some point during our lives, will come back to that and will come back to understanding that we're all capable of doing this. It's just about putting in the time and energy and being open enough to do it. And so um, I spend my days uh, chatting with animals all over the world. I use photographs to connect them, to connect with them normally. It is lovely to do live readings in the presence of an animal, but unfortunately the world being what it is, you know, most of it's done remotely. um, I, I do get live readings and it's great fun when I do. I thoroughly enjoy it. But it's uh, it's an amazing way of having my life. I, I just love it. Absolutely. Oh, love it. I, I can't imagine. I mean, if I could talk to my dogs, I that's probably the only people I would talk to. <laughs> <laughs> Animals are great fun to talk to. Uh, well, and hence, you know, obviously this show is all about living vicariously through other people's lives. So here Jackie and I are living our dream right now <laughs> through you. Um, teach us a little bit about what that, or I should say, tell us a little bit about how this process came back to you. How, I mean, what do you attribute that to? Well, um, I've dipped in and out of psychic development for years and years and years and years. My mum was very psychic, but she was quite frightened of the whole thing. 
Um, mm -hmm. She always she could read palms, but she always said that when she read someone's palm, she had really bad luck afterwards. So she would only do it if she was oh. drunk, which oh. in my mum's <laughs> case was about once every five years. So it was oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, she was very psychic and she always wanted me to be open minded about it. But she was always giving me dire warnings. And that didn't worry me. I was still interested and I wanted to know more, but I was like the least psychic person on the planet. I remember going to a, a haunted house with some friends and they were all standing there in this spot in one of the bedrooms, putting their hands out and going, oh, can you feel that cold spot? And I couldn't feel a thing, oh. nothing. And for years, I'd go to psychic development groups. And these groups, I don't know if you know anything about them, but they take you on guided meditations to meet your spirit guides or to meet your spirit animal. And at the end of these meditations, they go around the room and say, oh, did you meet your spirit animal? And they'd say, oh, I got a wolf. And did you meet yours? Yes, I had an eagle. And they get to me and I'd be like, no. <laughs> I what never are you guys met talking about? Animal. I never let my spirit guides. <laughs> exactly. Oh. And then um, around about uh, probably 1995, I had uh, at the time about eight Bernie's Mountain Dogs. I used to breed them, work them, show them, all kinds wow. of stuff. And one of my girls kept arguing with one of my boys. And a friend of mine said, there's a lady in the local village who does animal communication. And I said, oh, fantastic, I've heard about that. Can I take him? And she said, oh, no, no, she won't tell anybody she does it because she's afraid people think she's nuts. Sure. And I'll just say she's a mad woman. And so I said, well, can you take him? And she said, yes. And she took my boy off to this woman and came back and she answered the questions about, you know, why she was very um, quite aggressive in some ways with my boy. And then she said, um, your dog said something really strange. He said, I didn't take the poison, but they still made me sick. Now, oh. at that point, he was about um, probably six years old. And about four years earlier, I'd moved from a totally different area where he was born he was born as a puppy so nobody knew this story mm. when he was about uh, 15 16 weeks old I sold his brother I bred the litter I'd sold his brother to a friend of mine and she brought him over now I had mice in my house and mm. I had hidden behind a heavy bin mouse poison and mm. none of my dogs ever went there and sure. her puppy ran into my living room with blue on his mouth. And as soon as I saw it, I knew he'd oh. got in the mouse poison. And we didn't know if my boy Castor had as well. So we mm. took both of them to the vet and they were given something to make them sick. So Castor didn't eat the poison, but they still made him sick. And she could not have known this. Right. And it was such an odd thing. You couldn't say, well, that could happen to any dog. That right. couldn't happen to any dog. So right. I knew it was real. Wow. But I've always believed that in life, the teacher comes when you're ready. And it was many, mm -hmm. many years before I was ready. Yeah. Many years of psychic development work. Um, around 2000, I met somebody who taught me tarot cards. So I started doing that professionally about five years later. And then eventually uh, I stumbled across an old friend I hadn't seen for about 20 years. And she was on Facebook. And a couple of weeks later, she put an advert on Facebook saying she was running an animal communication workshop. And I thought, oh, my God, I have to go. <laughs> and so I went. And oh, when wow. I came back, I told my partner, Mike, 
I know why everything in my life happens to me, good and bad. I understand it all. Everything that happened led to this moment in time when I found my soul's purpose. This is what I'm here for. This is why I came on the planet this time. Beautiful. And this is what I'm supposed to do. Oh my gosh. Beautiful. That's, <laughs> I, I, I also believe that, that the, yep, the teacher will come when you're ready. Cause there's so many things mm -hmm. that you have, you had mental barriers you had to break through with what others yes. would think, what your mom warned you of makes total sense. Um, so a couple questions on the animal communication. Is it something like, for example, Hudson sitting on my lap right now, could you tune into him and say something right here? Or do you need to have like a certain warm up, a certain ritual? Like, how does it work? I can tune in with him now if you want me to. That's fine. Oh my God. Um, yeah. But what I, but what I do um, every morning I ground myself and I call my helpers forward and ask them to be there for me to help me with animal communications that I'm doing that day. And uh, and then away I go. So wow, interesting. <laughs> so can you ask him something that he could tell you that I wouldn't, that you don't know, I guess, that would, you know, something just... Hey, like, this is share? an interesting question. A lot of people ask this and it, uh -huh. it's quite an interesting question because they don't always know the difference between oh. what we see as very specific, but sometimes they do. But I, I will ask Hudson for you. Sure. But I have to introduce myself to him first. Oh yeah, we'll just be and, quiet and here. ask him if he's happy to speak to me. He says you're very funny in the mornings. <laughs> I'm hilarious 24 seven. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he, he tells me that you really laugh and mess about with the dogs in the mornings. Yep. Yep. That's our alone time. We, uh, I get up early in the morning and have basically coffee meditation and one-on-one -on -one time with them. And I, yep, <laughs> we right. carry thinks, on and have conversations. Yeah. Well, he thinks you have, he has fun with you in the morning when you do that. It's, it's good hmm. fun. Yeah. He thinks you're hilarious. He's a good judge of character. I am hilarious. Tell my husband that. <laughs> Tune in with him. <laughs> that is so crazy. And uh, just for the listeners too, yesterday when I was talking with Kathy through email, I had told her that um, my boy Scout, that anybody that knows me knows Scout is my soulmate. I just love Scout. And he, we thought was maybe faking an injury and we weren't sure if he was trying to get my attention because I had been gone for four days and he didn't get a walk and we didn't know if he was being kind of a, just a faker. And, uh, Kathy tuned in and chatted with him and he told her that his left shoulder was bothering him, that he needed some massage possibly. And that touching him is definitely what feels better and that he's not faking. And he was grateful that he went to the, to the vet, which it was his left shoulder. That was a pulled muscle. It wasn't joint pain, which would make sense why massage would be helpful. <laughs> and he also apparently said something about being a jokester I guess could you expand on that what he meant by I think he was he tried to convince you he was a cat and was joking with you <laughs> no what what when they I always ask them at the end of a reading do they have any messages for their mummy or their family um because you know you've got to give them an opportunity to say what they want to say as well Sure. And so he he started off joking around. He's he said, "My name is Winston, and I'm a cat. I like to play games, and this is one of them." Oh. So he was sort of <laughs> saying, "This is a game I'm playing," and oh. then he was laughing and he said, "I'm a joker, and I always will be, but also a very quiet and very good boy. I'm a chameleon." Yeah. And then he mm -hmm. went on to thank you for taking him to the vet, didn't he? So he was just yeah. giving you a laugh, really. Well, and that's funny because <laughs> anybody that knows me knows I hate cats. <laughs> 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> so that would be why he said that. That yeah. would be exactly why. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, and I always say he's an old man's soul is what I always tease him about, that he's just an old man. And I don't know. I'll tell you, he sounds very young. Does he? Yeah, he sounds very young. He's his voice sounds very young because I I don't always hear a voice. I, sometimes it's more like words traveling through my head. Um, other times I hear a clear voice, and in Scout's oh. case, I I heard a clear voice. And to to give you an idea of what it sounds like, it's like, "Hello, mommy. My name is Winston, and I'm a uh. cat. I like to play games, and this is one of them." I'm a joker oh. and I always will be, but I'm also a very quiet and very good boy. I'm oh, clean. crazy. <laughs> so what about like, what about Hudson? Does his voice sound the same? Hudson has more of a middle range voice. He sounds more um, <laughs> like ordinary adult. <laughs> that is so funny. Tracy, would you please share with no. Kathy um, Hudson's voice no, that I you can't. use? I cannot. Oh, go on. You have to now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nobody laugh. Uh, and he'll perk up too. Because so Hudson's voice it, for me is, I can't do it. Oh, <laughs> looking at me. I, I can't do it. You can. <laughs> no, I can't. I'll, I'll do it later randomly. I'm sorry. I just got super <laughs> embarrassed. But no, he's got a baby voice. He's he's got the for me I think because he's super super quiet and he's a you know baby and Scout is just totally an old man soul crowd you know grouchy, <laughs> grouchy and grumpy soul, yeah yeah so that's so interesting um, it's funny it's you know um, our own dog Teddy he's a Bernese Mountain dog and of course I communicate with Teddy a lot but he only ever gave me uh, words traveling through my mind and images and feelings. And um, my partner, Mike, said to me one day, what does Teddy's voice sound like? And I said, that's interesting. I don't normally hear it. So I, <laughs> I don't want to embarrass Teddy. Yeah. But um, I, I said to Teddy, can you let me hear your voice? And he talks like this through his lips. <laughs> It's so cute. Oh. <laughs> so so Hudson sounds like this. Oh my gosh, mom, don't even do that. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> and I talk all the see, he just perked up. He's he's looking up because that's that's his voice. And yeah, Scout's always like, I don't want to go. I'm grumpy. I'm super grumpy. Just leave me alone. <laughs> and it's so funny how it's totally opposite. opposite. They're yeah. the opposite. Yeah, <laughs> that's hilarious oh my goodness um okay so then what what else would you find what do other people ask you I guess what are the common questions that you get when people are tuning into your services um well very often people want an animal communicator because there's a behavioral problem um that can be interesting because dogs in particular quite often lie about behavioral problems <laughs> most animals don't lie but if a dog's doing something, like if you've got a dog who's counter surfing and it keeps mm -hmm. getting good food and treats and snacks by doing that, and then you come along as I come along as an animal communicator and say, Well, what can we do to stop you doing it? Are they going to say, Oh, we'll do this and I'll stop doing yeah. it? No, yeah. no, no, no. They're going to make any excuse they can to avoid saying what could be done to stop them because they don't want to stop. Right. <laughs> sure. So, so behavioral issues are big one illness is another big one a lot of people contact an animal communicator um it's very often i don't know if you come across this if you belong to many animal groups on facebook or anything like that or other social media it's becoming increasingly common these days that people spend thousands of dollars on tests and at the end of it the vets say we don't know what's wrong yeah right and um 
quite often what people will do is they'll involve an animal communicator because they can get the animal's view on what's going on. Because think about this. How does a vet know that your dog's getting headaches? No, they never. Don't know. You know, unless there's a symptom that's clearly to do with something, right. an animal can have symptoms the vet doesn't actually even know about, which could help to point to what's going on. And so illness is a, a big one. Um, another one is when they're close to the end of life. I get a lot of people contact me then. And and I offer a free service for this because I know what this is like. That if someone just wants to know, is it time? What are they oh. saying? I, I'm always willing to do that for people. Yeah. Um, sometimes people just want a reading. They just want to ask them if they're happy. You know, do you like your life? And a, a lovely question. The first time I heard this, I thought, what a lovely question. Um, is there anything that I do now that you would like me to change or anything I don't do that you'd oh. like me to do. Sure. And that's lovely because it gives an animal the opportunity to say, well, you know, when you groom me, you're always a bit rough when you do my tail. I know it tangles, oh. but can you try and be, you know, it gives them those sort of options of being able to say to people, you know, this thing you do, I don't actually, I don't like to show it to you, but I don't really like it very much. Yeah. So that's a really lovely general question to find out more about how they feel about their life and, mm. and what they would like it to be like. Yeah. Yeah. Well, geez, I, uh, I'm surprised that Scout didn't mention uh, me trying to learn how to pop anal glands yesterday at the vet because that, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was my I question there. Impressed. I was like, I can do this. I can do this myself. Yeah. And it, it took one look. He side-eyed and looked at me and was like, big eyes <laughs> when I had the rubber gloves on I'm like nope never mind I am not the guy I will bring Scout to the vet every six weeks for this because it's not me <laughs> there are some things we never want them to expect us to do exactly we, we don't, don't want them to look at us and go you do that no no yeah. no, no. <laughs> I would never get him to come sit on my lap again because he'd think exactly. that's what was coming <laughs> and that's for the rubber gloves yeah <laughs> no mm. gone <laughs> So Kathy, what, um, tell me about the lead up to animal communicating. You have got a bio that's super diverse, which I appreciate because that tells me that you've got many <laughs> passions and are okay trying new things. Tell me some of the cool things that you've done over the years. Well, I've always, I've always loved change. I know a lot of people, they stay in jobs for years or they live where they live and they're not really happy and they, they can't handle the change. I actually love change. I've always loved it. And I've, in my entire life, I've kind of gone where I've been taken. Mm -hmm. So when I was a kid, I decided to leave school and I didn't have any qualifications, but I decided to leave school. Most terrifying moment of my life, I have to say, facing mm. my mum and saying, I've decided to leave school. And and she went, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I said, and I was shaking in my socks saying this, and I said, you can send me to school, but I'm not going to put pen to paper. I'm not going to do homework. And when the exams come round, I'm not even going to pick the paper up or the pen. Wow. So she kind of had to give in. So I kind of did nothing for about six months. And then I saw an advert for a secretarial college. So I thought that'll do. So I went and trained to be a secretary. And then I did that for a few years. But I worked as a temp for an agency. So I was going to new places all the time. And so I then I was working at a place and computers were the new thing. PCs were coming in. And I was working at um, Texas Instruments in the UK. 
And they had, I was actually working on uh, mini computers and they had me teaching people how to use them. So they taught me all about them. And then PCs came in. So I was teaching people about PCs. So eventually I left Texas Instruments and I became a trainer. I would mm. go all over the country to different training companies and, and do training for them. Oh, wow. And then as a result of this, um, I started Excel and Word and all those things had come along and I learned to do programming in Excel. And so I then left the teaching thing and I became a programmer. What? So I worked down in the city of London for um, for the big banks and people like that. And totally um, self-taught. Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I had been, um, while I was doing the training thing, one of the companies I did training for that wanted me to teach programming, they sent me on a three-day C++ course. This was mm. many years ago. I don't suppose people even use it anymore. Mm. Um, in Germany, of all places. <laughs> so I had three days off in Germany doing that. So in between all this, I'd been a chambermaid as well. I'd done a bit of that at one point. I did some cleaning for a while as well for people. Um, so then I worked in the city, as I say, for quite a few years, and then I got really sick of that. And the tragedy of 9-11 happened. Sure. And shortly yeah. afterwards, um, the banks were in trouble. They were shedding contractors like nobody's business. And so all the contractors eventually found themselves out of work. So the great thing about the contracting was I was able to like work for six months to a year and take three or four months off because the money yeah. was so good. So suddenly I'm I'm out of work and I I'd spent all my money because like, <laughs> I always when I made money spent it I thought if yeah. you can't enjoy it what's the point you know yeah easy yeah. I mean so, I go to the grave with you yeah exactly so I've I've never been good on you know saving up for my pension or anything like that and I'm 68 and I still haven't saved up for my pension <laughs> I'm still not doing it <laughs> but I I the universe provides you know if, I absolutely believe if you put your faith in your guides and helpers and tell them when you need something and ask and be open to what comes along you are guided down the right path for you and they'll yes. they'll take care of you and i absolutely believe this 100 percent, and it's how i live and um so then uh i went back to secretarial work for a while but i worked for a guy who was starting a new company so then i set his business up for him and i set up all his systems and did all his admin systems, computerized and paper and just set his business up for him. And then I found myself doing a business plan for someone else who was setting up a company. So suddenly I was involved in doing that for a while. <laughs> and then um, a bizarre thing happened. Uh, my partner and I, we actually had, this was back in uh, 2006, but it started in 2005. Uh, we are both into video gaming. And at that time, we had two televisions and two Xbox 360s in our living room. And every night, we were both online playing. And we both loved a fighting game called Dead or Alive 4. And uh, we used to play on there. And suddenly, a thing came up. And I kind of remember how we heard about it, that there was going to be a tournament, and people, an online tournament. And people could take part. And it was for a, a gaming league. And we thought, well, just for fun, we'll have a go. And they wanted women as well as men, but the women were going to be done separately. There's going to be women players in the league and separately men players on our game. And what I didn't know at the time was hardly any women played it, which was the main reason why I won my tournaments and got invited down to London um, in 2006 
to a, 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 a televised tournament and it was televised on direct tv in america it was what? on in asia wow. it was on sky in europe and it was an organization called the championship gaming league and I won my games and was invited on to London Mint, which was one of the two UK teams. So um, we got paid to spend the next most of the year practicing. What? You're <laughs> and, a, and, and how old are you right at this time? Uh, I'm 58, 51. So you're a 51-year-old gaming champ being paid to play to practice. <laughs> yes. Awesome. Awesome. And so we went to LA. We spent three weeks in LA down by Venice Beach in apartments. And we went oh. and did filming a couple of days a week. And oh. we did the quarterfinals and the finals and the world championships. And there were teams from all over the world there. And it was amazing fun, I have to say. Uh, first trip <laughs> wow. to the US? Uh, no, it was my second trip to the US. Second trip. Okay. Yeah. But, oh, uh, it was fantastic so that was a stepped me out of what I normally do yeah <laughs> I guess so <laughs> gaming goddess for a little while there yeah. <laughs> and and then um came back to the UK carried on doing various things secretarial work some programming work I was just doing anything that really came along for a while there and then the tarot card reading I learned that and I was getting oh. more into the psychic development on that note, on the tarot card. So, so how you were getting into that? How are you learning about that? I'm, I'm asking because this one next to me is wildly interested in all of that stuff. And so, you know, I know we've, we've talked to people in the past and they've said, you've just got to develop it. And my brain says, tell me exactly how to develop it. Don't just tell me you just have to get into it. <laughs> so I have a bit of a I have a bit of a different take on it. I mean, what happened with me was I, took my mum to a one-week healing summit down near Glastonbury in England. Um, and it was, they had speakers from all over the world talking about different forms of healing and different psychic stuff and all sorts. And they had people selling stuff and events. And, and it was a really interesting week. Well, some of it, but quite a lot of it. But I met a Belgian girl there. And she's, I, we, she was saying she did tarot cards. And I said, you know, I, I first, I had a tarot card reading in my teens. I've never had one done since, but I've always wanted to learn. And she said, okay, well, I'm going back to Belgium, but what we'll do is twice a week, we'll have a phone call and you'll draw two cards every day and you'll write down everything you see and feel from those cards. And when we do our call, we'll talk about them and I'll tell you the meanings of the cards. And after a few months, of course, um, I had had enough of the same cards coming up. I was beginning to really learn them. And then she came over and stayed with me for a week and taught me how to do a spread. And from wow. there, I kind of learned on my own from there. But the big thing she taught me, which was critical, was don't ever pick up a book. Don't learn what? from a book. Well, you're screwed, Jackie. Well, I know, because that's <laughs> what they're... So, you know, I mean... <clears throat> I have now I have two tarot decks um, and I look at them every now and then. And um, I just don't have the focus right now, I guess, to really mm -hmm. dive into it. But, um, you know, it says to learn the cards and learn the meanings of them and stuff like that. But I think the way you went about it, because, of course, I, I do have the ability to see and hear. So right. and it's just. For me, it's just being able to say, okay, yes, this is really what I'm seeing. This is what I'm hearing when I see the cards. So I think the way you did it is a phenomenal way. 
Well, I think it was a brilliant way as well. But the interesting thing now is I teach people uh, an intuitive tarot. I do one session, one session only with people of intuitive tarot. And what I came to realize, something weird happens when you're on a psychic path and a spiritual path. <laughs> and people will tell you this, every now and again, you get an upgrade. And suddenly what you're doing, you're getting more information, you're getting deeper information. Mm -hmm. And so every few years, you'll suddenly get an upgrade. And I got an upgrade beginning of last year, but it was tarot, not animal communication. And I realized something that I should have known, and I don't know why I didn't. And a lot of people I know who do tarot, I've talked, I've done this with them, and they've said, well, we've never thought about it. Other people have. But it doesn't matter what the author or the artist who created the cards think the card means. What matters is what it means to you in the reading oh. you're doing at this moment in time for whatever person it is. So if you, for example, take a, a standard card from the tarot deck and you read its meaning and it says, let's say it says um, this means that you need to watch your watch what you're doing in the next few days or months because there's some energies going on around you that could lead you to falter. So be very focused. Mm -hmm. But you look at that card and you go, oh, boy, this person is walking along this path and it seems that although there's an image that kind of suggests they could fall off the path, they, I don't feel like this is about focus. Not today, not in this reading, not with the cards that are around it in the spread. This does not mean focus to me today. What this means is stop. Stop, yeah. take a step back and think about where you're going. So it's what it means to you as the reader now, not what the author thought it meant. And wow. so what I do, I my intuitive tarot lessons really simple. I've got a beautiful deck of cards. Um, it's called the Oracle of Visions. I love them. And they're very complex cards. There's a lot in the pictures. And I used to avoid those sort of cards years ago. Right. Um, but what I do is all I do, I get people on a Zoom call, for example, and I will hold up a card and I'll say, you've got five seconds to look at the card. And they, what they pick from that card in those five seconds, that's the reading, not the rest of the card, not what the author said, not what the artist said, what the card showed them in those five seconds, that's your reading. And mm. when you look at your cards, the thing to do is go, what hits me in the eye about that card today? That makes sense because what, if you sit there mean? and spend too much time looking at the card, there's going to be confusion. Exactly right. So even with a very simple deck of cards, like uh, the Rider Waite Tarot, which many yep. people start with, you might have a simple card, the One of Swords, for example, and you're looking at it and you're thinking, instead of just going, okay, what's this, what strikes me about this card? You're going, okay, well, there's a man here and he's standing and he's got a sword in an upright position. And there's a red sky behind him and, there's, you know, red means passion. The sword must mean this. What does, what's his attitude? How does that relate? No, 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 no. Forget all that. What hits you when you look at that card? Because that's the reading. That's what the card is trying to show you today at this moment. So Very stop worrying about all of it and stop worrying about what it means. And what does it mean to you? Because the card will show you what it means to you. And mm -hmm. that's what you tell somebody. So two questions, Tracy, here. First question. Um can you ask Hudson if he just went and peed on something in the other room? Cause he's acting very uh, apologetic. <laughs> he says, no. Okay. <laughs> You'll have to tell me whether it's true later. Uh, okay. I'm going to go. He, he says just, no. 
Okay, well, he would lie about bad behavior. We talked about <laughs> No, I, I usually know when they're lying. I think he's okay. being truthful. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Uh, second question. Uh, what is some guidance on selecting your tarot card deck? I've wanted to buy one for a long time, and I haven't. We're going on about five years. I was told that you have to have them gifted to you, and then I debunked that myth, and now I know I can buy them for myself, but I haven't yet. Well, what they say is you should be loaned your first tarot deck. So someone oh, should give you a tarot deck to use. I and will that's loan the, you my first tarot deck. The Google machine lied to me. And it is the easy, it's the, uh, the one right that away. you just, yes. Yeah. So that's my first one. So I will lend it to you. Okay. <laughs> I'll put good whammies so, on it. Yeah. So the idea is you borrow, you, you're loaned your first tarot deck and you use that deck to start to become comfortable with the cards. And what a lot of people suggest is just every morning you draw two or three cards and you look at them and you think, what does that mean for me? And you make a note of them or you leave them out and in the evening and, and you're, what you're drawing them for is for your day. So I'm going to draw three cards for my day. And then in the evening, you look at the three cards and you think, how did they relate to my day? So you're beginning oh, so you to like understand. Reflect in on how intuitive you were, kind of? Kind of, yes, yeah. Huh. So if you look at the three cards or the two cards, whatever you choose to do, and you think, well, that is saying to me, because it, it's kind of interesting with tarot cards. Um, You've got, with, with the three cards spread, you've got three images, and you have to kind of make a story out of those three. So you look at the first one, then the second, then a third. And this is another thing I teach on my intuitive tarot is how to turn that into a story because it is a story. It should be a story. It's telling right. you a story. And so what you're doing is by drawing two or three cards every day and then going back and looking in the evening and saying, how do they relate to my day? You're beginning to understand how they're telling a story. You're beginning to see the stories and that helps you become familiar with it. So that's what people suggest it's a good way. And it certainly is a good way to get comfortable with and get familiar with the cards because you want to be handling them regularly. Got it. Okay. Nice. When, do, when, is, when are you ready to buy your own deck? You'll know because you'll see them. Ah, and oh, you like won't the deck be in able this... to resist. Got it. Mm, it'll catch your eye and it'll oh. be that sparkling diamond brilliance. In the rough. <laughs> you'll be looking at all these cards going... Yeah, oh my god i have to because the cards do kind of pick you too right yes. yeah they huh. do yeah yeah darned. okay you'll uh, both know <laughs> <laughs> perfect uh jackie do you have any other questions on tarot no that's been very enlightening so i'm this sure is just the way i do it you know yeah i think i think it <laughs> works for people who don't um want to take hours a day out of their day to study and just learning, yeah. learning it that way. I think, and I think that's an easier way for maybe a lot of people to learn. Yeah. How... And the cards are wonderful. They're wonderful tools. I love tarot cards and guidance cards of all kinds. They're wonderful, amazing tools, and they'll always give you the information you need without fail, but you have to be open. And by locking yourself into this person says this means this, and that person says it means that, You've yeah. taken away that freedom to allow your intuition and your own psychic ability to kick in and yeah. show you and allow the cards to show you. Yeah. I love it. Makes total sense. Total and complete sense. <laughs> um, okay. So then from tarot, do, from tarot, do we jump to animal communicating or is there more? 
Um, well, there was, we do, uh, I still do tarot, um, we do, but there was kind of an interesting series of events that oh. had to happen before the animal communication workshop. Um, it was really strange. You know, uh, the first thing that happened was I was doing tarot card readings at psychic fairs, as we call them here. I don't know what you call them there. Um, but I was doing tarot card readings and I was, <laughs> I went to a, an event where I had a tarot card reader next to me. Now, we're all different in what we pick up and how deep it is and all that kind of thing. But the important thing is that our reading makes sense to the person we're reading for. And I was sitting there doing my usual tarot card reading, which was along the lines of, oh, well, I feel very much that there's someone around you and they're going to be causing you a few problems. There's a jealousy issue here. Do you know about this? And they'd say, well, yes. I'd say, well, don't worry too much because what the cards are saying is this is going to go away. The woman next to me was doing a reading and she was going, did you just book a holiday? And the person went, yes, two days ago. And she went, right, a hot place. And she went, yes. And a few minutes later, I heard her again. Have you just left your job? Yes. And I'm like, I'm rubbish. I'm absolute <laughs> rubbish. I don't get anything like that. <laughs> what is, why, why would you come to me when you could go to her? I mean, that's unbelievable. So I went to this huge crisis of confidence and I was due to be at an event and I was talking to Mike in the morning saying, I I'm just not going to go. I'm just not going to go. This is ridiculous. I'm no good. And he said, well, why don't you go and just see how you feel when you get there? You can always come home. Mm -hmm. well, bless him for saying that. So I go along and I see this woman sitting. She does mediumship and tarot card readings and I never met her. But you know when you're really drawn to somebody, complete random stranger, and you have to go and talk to them. Oh, yeah. You don't yes. know why, but yep. you have to. Mm -hmm. And nothing would stop you. You you do yep. it. So I went up to her and I said, um, hi, and you know, my name's Kathy. And and I said, I um I don't mind I hope you don't mind me talking to you about this, but I'm supposed to be doing tarot card readings and I, I just I don't think I'm good enough. Well, she was so funny. She had me in stitches because she stood up and she got this spray bottle and she said, I'm spraying you with a violet flame and I'm calling in the archangels. And, <laughs> and she did all this stuff with me. And then she said, right, now, here's my card. Go do your thing. You're going to be fine. And give me a call in a couple of weeks and we'll we'll do some work. Her name's Jay. Uh -huh. So I went to my table and all morning, everything went really well. And then she popped by at lunchtime and said, how's it going? And I said, fine. She said, I told you. She said, now, give me a ring in a couple of weeks. Now, I never do that. I'm not the person who does that. I always think people are being polite when they do that. And sure. I'll be bothering them. Mm -hmm. And particularly as I felt like she did this because I was someone who was struggling. And, and you know, I don't want to bother her with my struggles. But I went. I phoned her. I went. We're the best of friends now. She's absolutely wonderful lady. We've uh -huh. been friends for 15 16 years now oh, wow! and she worked with me on helping me understand what I could do and grow that and then about um a year later I was at a, an event to do tarot card readings and there was this woman there and I just had to go and say hello to her her name's Susie she's a very good friend of mine now and I said, to, asked her what she does. And she said, I'm a light worker. And I said, well, I've heard of those, but I don't know what they do. What do you do? And she said, well, I don't really know. I do whatever I'm guided to do. Oh. So I booked an appointment with her a week or so later and I went along. And uh, she did her thing on me, whatever it was. 
she connected with me with my higher self in spirit, which was amazing. Yeah. And uh, she changed something in me. I, I couldn't explain. I knew something inside me had changed. I knew it. Mm -hmm. And what she'd done is she'd removed a block I had because, you know, I said I was like psychically quite dead, like yeah. never felt hot right. spots or anything like that. All of a sudden, I became much more aware of the energy around me. I became more aware of the energy people were giving off and things. It was just there was more of everything. And in fact, I found that situations where other people would go, I can't cope with the stress and it never bothered me. Suddenly I'd be going, I understand it because I can feel it now and I couldn't feel it before. And so she changed something that needed to be changed in me. Mm -hmm. And then a few months later, I went to a psychic day run by a medium lady I knew. And she did a meditation to meet your spirit animal. <laughs> and during that meditation my bear walked up to me and told me her name was Shiloh and suddenly I had a spirit animal all there these years of these meditations I never met anybody and suddenly there she was and then it was a few months after that that I heard that came, came across the old friends and went on the animal communication workshop and I knew that those things I had to meet Jay and get over the confidence thing okay. I had to meet Susie to remove that block I had to meet my bear because she's always there when I'm doing animal communication to help me those oh, things wow. had to happen or I would never have I'd have gone on that animal communication workshop probably <laughs> but I wouldn't have come away feeling sure. the way I did because I wouldn't have been ready for it so the universe, you see, always puts things where they need to be. Yep. It's about whether you're willing to be open to it and, and notice it and go with it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and... something Susie told me, um, which changed my life, I have to say. Susie said to me, in life, if you're going forward with something, if something along these lines, if you're doing something in life and you keep getting obstacles in the way and it's like, things are being thrown up that you can't overcome or it just feels awkward it doesn't feel right then you're probably on the wrong path sure. but if you're going through learning whatever you're doing doing whatever you're doing and while you're doing it you're finding that things flow for you they just flow forward then you're probably on the right path and towards your soul's purpose and I, and from that time i i have always gone with what feels right to me and if it doesn't feel right I don't do it and if it feels right I continue along that path yeah absolutely that's uh and I feel like that's an intuition that you're so fortunate to be able to understand I I myself have discovered that through meditation over the last six months just really tuning into to uh recognizing and following those that that guidance and I've made major life changes as a result of it and I've never been happier so yeah, yes. but I'm, I'm interested. You said that, oh gosh, what was the word that you said about level? Was it leveling up or up yes. leveling? leveling? Yeah. Up. And that's so, and, and that's one of those things I, I, I can look back on my life and, and identify those times in my life where I leveled up and it was super open and able to like receive guidance per se from the universe. And then other times where you're just kind of an autopilot and then you kind of wake up again and then you're open and you have these, I have these huge growth periods too. So um, similar, is that kind of similar? Yes. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. And, and it's, it is about being open to these things. I think we, mm -hmm. as a, as a species, the human race has a very bad habit of falling into habits. Sure. And, and when we fall into habits, we tend to be quite closed off. 
and we 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 do it in all sorts of areas of our life we all do i mean nobody's immune from that but but if you can find a way to be have an awareness of where you're being led and where you where you could go if you were open to it and willing to try i think we'd have a lot more happy people and people wouldn't be stuck in jobs they hate and living in places they hate because when they realize they're not happy they do something they'd actually say well if I'm not happy living here I'm going to move (laughs) and I may not may not be in a position to move this year but I'm going to be working towards being in a position to move next year or the year after but we have a tendency to get ourselves stuck in a rut don't we and uh, and that that doesn't lead to growth so (laughs) right yeah and they say that if you're living your your dharma your purpose there's joy there's naturally joy and you clearly have the joy going on with (laughs) what you're doing and you so you've identified animal communication as your purpose why why do you feel that that above above tarot above all these other things why do you identify that specifically as your purpose um, I think the, the clearest way I can say pr- on a practical, non-spiritual level mm-hmm. is that I've never stuck to anything for long in my life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But this, this, I can't see myself ever stopping. I mean, I don't ever intend to retire. I don't see why I would. Right. You know, I get joy from doing what I do. So why would I stop doing it ever? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's the joy. Yeah. Yeah. And that there and there's that side, you know, I, I love what I do. And don't get me wrong, it can be tough at times. You know, sometimes I'm working with animals who've been through really severe trauma and trying to help them overcome it. And I I cry. I cry quite regularly doing this job or, you know, working with an animal who's very close to passing over or has just passed over recently. Um, And then I'm also, of course, involved in the emotions of the family as well. So it can be, it's not always an easy job, but it's an incredibly, incredibly rewarding and very often funny and joyful thing. And your boy Scout gave me a laugh earlier today when I spoke (laughs) with him, Winston the cat. (laughs) He's a doozy. Um, uh, I had, so we'll, we'll wrap this up shortly here because I know that I want to respect your time. So how does, how long or what does a normal session? Okay. For example, we we've done this for experimental, but I'm going to, I'm going to schedule a time to talk with you about my boy, Bruno, because he's just a whole nother character, right? So that's, that's, that's going to be an intense one. I'm just going to say that now. (laughs) When you said the, the counter surfing, I'm like, is she tuned into him right now? (laughs) He's, I call him swiper. You know, the, the cartoon, the little show Dora, the Explorer, he's swiper, the little weasel, you know, he's in there and he's stealing everything and he's just a goofy. (laughs) He's just the quirkiest, goofiest dog. So anyway, what, so what does that session look like? Like how long is it? How does it typically function? And then what does it cost in case any of our listeners want to tune in? Well, I actually offer a range of readings for different things, but the the general ones, um, sometimes people just want to send a few questions to me um, rather than have a live reading. Other times people prefer a live reading. Most people prefer a live reading. I don't do many the other way. Um, so a live reading. So this is in pounds sterling. <laughs> okay. So I'll UK pounds. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Get Google up and do a quick convert. Yeah. So, um, and of course it will be a different amount tomorrow and the day after, because the exchange rate's always changing. Oh, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's 55 pounds for a 30 minute live zoom call. Okay. And, um, 
an interesting question that often comes up is people are like well how can i keep my cat in front of the camera all that time well i i get a photograph so <laughs> in advance so i can use that to connect with so we don't have any squirming animals during the call Okay. Um, but yeah, so that's a 30 minute live reading. But then I offer a six question and a 10 question reading and a 20 question reading. Mm. So um, but the most common ones are those that are used as six question, which is 30 pounds. Okay. But I do a couple of specialist things as well. I work with animal athletes. So animal athletes. OK. Yeah. Horses and dogs um, okay. that do various sports because they can go off their game and sometimes people cannot figure out why they're off their game. I used to work with a dog. It's quite funny. He used to do fly ball. Do you have fly ball over there? I don't a, think so. It used to be around here. It's not done as much. The idea is the dog ru runs and jumps over small jumps at the end and there's a box at the end with a pedal and he hits the pedal, a ball <laughs> flies out, he catches the ball and runs back with it. Fun. Okay. <laughs> and, Sounds uh, fun. Yeah, and I used to have a dog who used to compete at this. And every now and again, he just lost all interest in it. And we'd sit down, we'd ask him why, and he'd explain what was going on. His mummy would fix the problem, and he'd go back to winning. Well, so, what were the problems, like examples of the problems? Oh, it could be all sorts of things. Sometimes it was where they were training, um, the course was set up, and there was a tree, and it was casting a shadow that was upsetting him. It oh. could be as simple as that. Um, huh. There can be all sorts of things uh there was a an agility dog i was working with and in his case it was um the the a-frame the position they had it in in the training he didn't like the way it looked underneath <laughs> he, they'd moved it it was in a different position before and he was fine with it but for some reason he he didn't like it anymore there so they asked the people who run the training if they wouldn't mind moving the a-frame a bit and they did and he was fine he went back to what it's so doing. interesting yeah well cool but i also look look for missing pets but i that's that's hard and um that's one of the things we don't do too well at any animal communicator we have our successes that keep us going but we they're not something we find much fun they're difficult ones yeah that would yeah that would be a good one to, to yeah. tune in for well, Jackie, any more questions before we wrap this up? I cannot believe we went as long as we did on this. Holy smokes. It's I fascinating, think my though. only question that I have is, you know, you talk about um, when you talk to an animal shortly before they're going to pass away um, or that have already passed or when the people want to know, is it time? Are, how do animals feel when we decide to put them down? It, are, are they grateful yeah, it, it's a really interesting thing, this. And I've spoken to so many animals over the years about this. I've actually just written a blog connected with this um, on my website. The They're always telling me over and over again, it's always the right time. If we when we do it, we do it because it's the right time. Mm -hmm. And um, and they they understand if we delay, they understand why we delay. But ultimately, it's always the right time. The universe steps in. You know that thing people say, you'll always know when your dog's ready because he'll give you the look, as yeah. people call it. And people who've got their first dog are always saying, but what is the look? I don't understand. What is the look? And people get so hooked up on this that they're like waiting for the look. And they can have an animal who doesn't want to give you the look because, you know, they they don't they don't want to go either. 
And so they might be in pain or whatever, but they're not ready mm -hmm. to go yet. But ultimately, the universe arranges it and it's always at the right time. So some people, for example, will say to me um, in a reading, I, I, I really want to apologize to him because I think I did it too soon. Mm. And the response from the animal is always what you did was out of love. And this is something they say so often. Any decision we make out of love for them is always the right decision. Sure. Yeah. I mean, always. that's that's kind of universal. I mean, love is the universal language and yeah. it's yeah, it's always pure. If it's yeah. love. Yeah. Well, that makes me and, feel better. <laughs> yeah. And whenever we have an animal put to sleep and I don't call it that, I call it helping them to pass over because that's yeah. really what we're doing. Yeah. We're helping them to pass. And um, and whenever we do that, we do it out of love for them. We sure. don't do it for selfish reasons. No. Mm -mm. But then, of course, we get we make ourselves guilty because if the animal's been sick for a while, we then load ourselves with guilt because we get a sense of relief yeah. that they've gone because they're out of pain. We don't have to spend all those hours doing what we're having to mm -hmm. do for them. We get our life back, and suddenly now we feel terrible because we've got a sense of relief. Yeah. Right. But their their response to that is always well of course you have so have i this sure. is normal yeah. <laughs> we're, we're all going to have a sense of relief when a difficult time's over it's natural they've got yeah. so much to say on this and they bless them they're more than happy to talk about this um i don't know if you're going to give my website details yeah. but if anybody goes to it the first the first thing that happens they get a box pops up that says that if they want it, I'll email them um, a thing called Voices from the Rainbow Bridge. And this is a booklet I put together, which is the words of animals who've passed over. And oh. they address grief and regret and what it's like at the moment of passing and what it's like on the other side and the jobs they do over there. Some of them do jobs over there. Oh, it's wow. uh, the, the whole other side thing is fascinating. It really is. Sure. They've taught me so much. I have absolutely no fear of going there. I know I'm going to have a fantastic time. <laughs> yeah. Right. So what is your website? And we'll make sure we uh, reference this in the show notes as well. It's ispeakwithanimals.com. Easy. Ispeakwithanimals.com. Boy, I wonder if you had to pay out the butt for that domain, because that's a good one. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> nobody wanted it, apparently. Wow. <laughs> Okay, Kathy, last question for you before we say goodbye. Will you please say rubbish one more time? That was amazing. <laughs> rubbish. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's the best. small things that make Tracy yeah, happy. That's rubbish. That's, I'm going to say it all day. I'm like, this is rubbish. You're rubbish. Don't step in that rubbish. <laughs> this interview was not rubbish. I love everything, including rubbish. <laughs> All right, Kathy. Well, thank you so very much for your time, yes. your energy, and uh, just all of this information. We'll make sure that we reference your website in our show notes. And thank I'm going to get in, in touch with you to do a reading with Bruno because he's special. Uh, and I'm sure maybe Jackie's interested in some intuitive uh, tarot card readings definitely as well. yes <laughs> yes and uh, that's so the the uh by the way the tarot card readings is that part of the i speak with animals website or is that separate it's part of it everything ah, i do easy. is on that website yes. perfect one-stop yeah. shop okay kathy <laughs> yeah. well thank you so very much we appreciate you and we are clocking out thanks for listening for more on this guest simply check the show notes like what you hear Please subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Together, we can grow and inspire.